Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Movie Council podcast, the number one ranked movie podcast on the internet. My name is Dan Sherry. I am your host. Uh, I am joined once again for yet another week in a row by my esteemed colleagues, the, the COO of the Movie Council and also the like, hotshot banker still. Is it, I mean, I know you're cooling off because you got that time to kill before you move in. So, like, call you a mildly hot banker. Why not, Mister AJ Cherry? What's <laughs> going on, AJ? <laughs> Present. All right, there we go. I always just a ball of energy. This one, so I'll be loving, folks. Uh, I'm also joined by my other esteemed colleague, the. Uh, I the art director, yeah, yeah, security mm-hmm. director, the uh, a lot of hats, uh, head of colored pencils, I believe at one point. Uh, that's correct, yeah. Yep, yep, that that's a good one. But also, he's a smooth talking southern gentleman, Marky Bondurant. What up, Marky? <laughs> How you doing, sir? Thank you. So, uh, all right. Clearly, as you can tell from the intro, Daddy's been smoking tonight. But uh, this is gonna be a fun fucking week. We got a we, we got a lot in store for everybody. Uh, we got a movie we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about some fan theories and some movie news. We're gonna get all into that in just a minute. Uh, before we do that, Marky, yes, uh, how the hell are you uh, on this St. Patrick's Day where we're recording? When you hear this, it's already uh, happened. But for us. It is St. Patty's Day. Marky, how is your yes. St. Patty's Day going? Um, it's going great. Thank you. Um, you know, I've got uh, a couple of little kids, so anything out in the real world, I forget about. And uh, at one point, I was reminded it was St. Patty's Day. Totally forgot. And then I see you wearing all green, carrying a Guinness. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. I don't have a spot of green on me. I haven't <laughs> had – I had a sip of whiskey just now, but it was American – and I'm drinking red wine, so I feel like I'm sinning on some sort of Catholic Irish level here. But Marky, you're green with en- well. you're green with envy. <laughs> sure, yeah, envious of all those fuckers that keep winning the lottery and not me. Yeah. So, uh, AJ, how about yourself? How you been? How's uh, how are you week been? How how's your St. Patty's Day been? Life sucks, and then you just move on. So. <laughs> wow. All right, then. Is that an uh. ancient Chinese proverb? I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> it's not ancient, though I feel ancient. It's, a, it's an Irish proverb? It's something. It's, uh... it's a fucking Sherry family proverb is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a- anyways, yeah, I've, uh, I've had a pretty boring week, but, uh, yeah, I-, I will say for... Uh, I don't know. God, it's been like 15 years now or so. I, I've had a weird thing that I do every St. Patty's Day. 
it's become it a tradition. Obliterated? No, no, I stopped that shit in my fucking twenties. Like seriously, like go, going to bars on St. Patty's Day is it's fucking amateur hour. Anyone over the age of thirty that goes to a bar on St. Patrick's Day needs some fucking help. I agree. Yeah, and I'll say this also: anyone over the age of fifty that goes on a St. Patty's Day bar crawl should should get their fucking heads checked. And yes, <laughs> I, I'm talking about you, sis. Um, <laughs> but but my thing is, I don't know how it started, but I keep doing it every year. I'll watch the Boondock Saints. And uh, for either lunch or dinner, I'll have fish and chips. And I've been doing it every St. Patty's Day. I don't know how it started, but I do it every year. And goddamn, the Boondock Saints is such a ridiculous movie. But it is so goddamn fun. Uh, I enjoy it every day. I I watch it every year, and I still fucking enjoy it, even though I know it's not a like quality film. But It it is fun, though. There's something about it. There's some magic that he captured in that one that he did not know he had and couldn't get it again in the second one. The second one was just... It was as ridiculous as the first one, but there was some magic mm-hmm. that he was able to, you know what I'm saying? That he was able to, yeah, it, that made something. it special. Yeah, it just, it, it worked for some reason and it, it just did. caught on. And yeah, no, I, it, I, I, I still watch it every Big year. Time. So you also it's had fun. Willem Dafoe in the first one that was just yeah. Chef's Kiss, right? Yeah, A- Agent Paul Smecker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God, he was great. So. There's a lot um, of lines I'd like to repeat that he says, but you know it's not you can't say it anymore. That movie came out in a different day and age, like when he's at the bar and he's uh, getting a drink at the gay bar. And just pour me the drink, you expletive, expletive. Yeah, right. Or when he's in bed and he's like, "I just wanted to cuddle, <laughs> cuddle you fucking f word." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sadly we can't say it, but yeah. yeah. Um, now I can say it actually as a gay man. I can say you fucking fag. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, anyone want to test me on being gay? Have fun. Um, Maybe behind the Wendy's, I'll show yeah. you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyways, it's a good segue. You can reach us at the Movie Council Pod yes, exactly. at gmail.com. Yeah, movie council pod at Gmail and uh we're on the social medias at movie council pod. So yeah, hit us up. Let us know what you think. And if you want to meet me behind a Wendy's, let me know which one. Um <laughs> Marky, we got we got any news this week? Yeah, baby, hit that ticker. All right. Uh we might need a new ticker because for the past three or four weeks we've been starting the news off with the obituaries yeah hell and yeah. sadly here we are again with mm-hmm. another death uh dp you might be able to correct me i think it was was it just yesterday or today today, today. being today yeah, being today, the yeah. uh, 17th of march yeah. uh lance reddick passed away at the age of 60 um mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know he is the tall very dark and handsome guy that was in the wire and uh, more recently, he's been in the John Wick films as the manager of the Continental Hotel or at mm-hmm. the front desk of the Continental Hotel. Um, he's done loads of voiceover acting work. He's got a very distinct, booming, deep voice that lends the, really uh, well. Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loads of video games, big ones too. 
mm-hmm. um, cartoons and is a uh-huh. shout shout out to Fringe. Mm-hmm. Fringe, yeah, yeah, he had a huge role in Fringe. Uh, also, Bosch, one That's of the right. fucking Bosch, great shows yeah. on Amazon. He had a a big role in Bosch. Um, yeah, an American actor uh, played all sorts of genres. He always that I can remember him. You know, you guys have seen more of the shows that he's been in. I haven't seen Bosch, but uh, he he typically plays like a very just kind of strong as a strong and straight as an oak kind of like father figure or like high ranking uh person in like the police or military or something he's he's almost typecast i guess in that way but um really solid actor in that sense and yeah, uh, there's just there, there's just a certain uh uh what the fuck gravitas right about him as a person that he, he always has to be like the boss or you know in charge of people because yeah, he just had that air about him. Even in John Wick, he plays like a, a front desk kind of guy. I think he is mm-hmm. like a manager, but he's... he's but everyone respects the shit out so, of him. Right. Yeah. Nobody fucks around in, in his, his hotel. is the mm-hmm. just the way he exudes the fuck around and find out kind of attitude. But right. uh, yeah, 60 years old, passed away. Uh, I, I didn't see much on it. I think they're saying natural causes right now as far right. as... It wasn't suicide or drugs or something or yeah. hit by a bus. Um, but at 60. At 60, I mean, yeah. only six Oof. years old. And he, it'll be interesting to uh, find out what it was because I, I, without digging too deep into it, I just saw a little blip, like a comment on something. Someone saying that he was in some city for uh, John Wick 4 premiere and he, he did not attend that particular premiere because he wasn't feeling well. And that was like mm-hmm. last night or something. And here we are and he's dead today. Bummer. Yeah. So R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Lance Reddick. I, I am a huge fan of his. He's yeah. done some fucking great stuff and yeah. He, he's also had some funny shit. Like I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. This is uh, I think it was like Adult Swim or something. It was the Eric Andre show. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a very kind of hit or miss comedy show. It was kind of like this anti-comedy thing. And a lot of it was terrible, but there was some really funny shit in it. And a lot of the funny shit was uh, due to Lance Lance Reddick being in it. <laughs> like, yeah. He showed up like in chains and... It, yeah, it was very funny shit. So he's yeah, and he's been a couple episodes of Key and Peel as well, where he mm-hmm. was super funny. So he's he's done it all, and he will certainly be missed. So yeah, R.I.P. Lance Reddick. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's he. It's crazy that uh, I mean, he looked fucking great for sixty, dude. Uh, right. I I didn't know he was that old, but if you were to ask me what age I thought he was, like. He's got. He's just timeless. Like he's looked the same for the past twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and anyways, it's yeah, that sucks. Um, curious to find out what it is. If, you know, mostly curiosity because it's fucking scary. Like it came out of nowhere. Um, it's it's always it's real sad, but less. Uh, frightening when you find out like oh he just did a shit ton of heroin <laughs> you know <laughs> um like philip seymour hoffman you're like yeah. he died like why did he fucking die oh drugs okay 
you know, as, as opposed to a flesh eating virus that's right. sneaking through Hollywood or something. Anyway, I'm getting off the rails here. <laughs> I do have a couple other news pieces. If you want to move along. Yeah. Let's, um, let's let's South by Southwest was uh, last week, week before. And Terry Cruz was spotted in the mix, uh, reprising his role as president Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho from <laughs> Idiocracy. <laughs> really seemingly Uh seemingly for nothing he was in his full get up he was riding around in a jacked up like pickup jeep truck shouting slogans for a presidential race a fake presidential race and then he went to a and this is all in public like on the street but he went to a fake like campaign kind of thing where the people in the crowd they were primarily hired actors but it was mm-hmm. in public and he was just shouting like campaign slogans. Um, but there's no, like the only thing that he was promoting was like a party, like for that night. Like that's it. Like mm. there was, there was no, it's no very idiocracy two coming out or nope, anything like not, that. There's no, oh. no news about that. Um, it just, it just said that uh, something about uh, Terry Cruz. I think he paid for it on his own dime with his own PR company and then was promoting a party for, that was had to do with something else out South by Southwest. Um, there's, there was speculation that there's going to be an idiocracy too, because of this, but it seems like he just did it for fucking fun. So it was pretty, I saw some pictures of it. It was pretty hilarious. It hit on his yeah. Jeep. It said 2020 foe, but spelled two zero two zero FO. It was like 2020 foe, but also kind of looked like fuck off. Um, yeah. And, and, a lot of the jokes that he was shouting out, people were saying like, you know, that they, they were, they, they seemed to be written almost by Mike judge himself because they were so in line with that president Camacho character. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, quick other news piece. Uh, Denzel Washington is reuniting with Ridley Scott for the long talked about gladiator sequel. Oh, so wow. Denzel's going to be in it. Uh, apparently, yeah. Uh, Interesting. That, well, it's, uh, the only thing I found was that they were reunited. So, you know, mm-hmm. they worked previously on what Man on Fire. Um, that's the only one that came to mind. There may be some other ones, yeah. but uh, maybe Denzel might be taking a back seat. But he's known as an actor, so I assumed he would be acting in this. Um, yeah. We've talked before on the podcast Dope. about that Gladiator sequel where Maximus was in hell or something. Was it Tim? Mm. found that secret that's uh thrown away script or something yeah it was something like that and yeah i don't think that's the the route they're taking with it but that was a something that was thrown out there at one point yeah and then the last piece of news i have is uh quentin tarantino has begun working Mm -hmm. on his his final film uh called the critic and people or speculating that it's going to be about this influential critic writer named Pauline Kale. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her last name. She died in 2001. Uh, back in the late 70s, she took a job as a consultant at Paramount, which seems to coincide with the setting of the script, the people that have gotten their hands on it already. Um, and Quentin Tarantino is known to have a deep respect for this woman, Pauline kale and yeah, there's also rumors that tarantino 
will go into a writing critic type role once he's done directing if he does truly mm -hmm. finish his directorial work with this last one yeah so yeah so he has said he wants to make 10 movies mm -hmm. and this will be the 10th and yeah he mentioned something about yeah like uh writing novels and stuff about filmmaking once he's done with his 10th film so mm -hmm. and this uh yeah film critic that uh he possibly would be talking about kind of had the same trajectory you know she was a film critic and then started writing books about the film industry and and apparently yeah, quentin was a huge fan of her so okay yeah quite possible that's what his final film will be sort of about in the same way, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was sort of about Bruce right. Lee, you know, like That's somebody in the comments and Charlie Manson. He's right. already done ten films. Is he counting Kill Bill as one film? As one film, yes. So, somebody so in the comments of Reddit 10. was uh, made that joke in the same vein that you just did. DP is that uh, he's going to rewrite this story of Pauline that she's going to use a flamethrower to torch Harvey Weinstein at the end of the movie. <laughs> Rewrite history, right? A it, bit. It'd be fun. I, I It'd be fun. It was one. Weinstein right. Brothers uh, produced most of or all of his films, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did a lot. Yeah, at the beginning, especially. So. Right. You got any news? And you guys got any news that you came across this week? Uh, I, I I got a couple. Any uh, hot goss? Yeah, uh, one bit of hot gas. Uh, James Gunn has uh, come out and uh, announced that he is actually going to be directing the uh, Superman movie that'll be coming uh, out. In yeah, the, you know, uh list of DC films. So he had already announced he'd be writing it, but he just uh, passed yesterday or today announced he's going to actually direct. That'll be interesting. Uh, the new Superman movie, which uh, apparently would be kind of about a, a younger version of Clark Kent slash Superman uh, dealing with, you know, having two fathers and having different, you know, things from each father. One father wants him to do one thing, the other, the other. Yeah. Right. Uh, a whole, whole thing. So it could be a, a very interesting story and fucking, I mean... To be honest, James Gunn has been crushing it recently, so right. I totally fucking trust him. He's a great uh, writer. I trust him along the line. He he can he can pull out some emotions and you know some of these things. Uh, he'll sneak those in there. There'll be these wisecrack jokes, pretty flair, and the special effects and action or whatever, and then he'll just sneak out and hit you with a hard jab of emotions, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? So I don't, I'm. I think he's got the writing down fine, but he, he does have a particular style when it comes to di to directing, right? Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting oh, to see sure. how he does that with uh, Superman. Right? Yeah, because he hasn't had such a like A-list well-known person. So if I, you know, he's on Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy, none of these people are Peacemaker. On the same level as Superman, yeah. Peacemaker. No, everyone when they think of Peacemaker, they just think of fucking John Cena. They don't think about 
you know, when you think Superman, some people think Christopher Reeves, some people think freaking, you know, Brandon Routh. It, it, it all depends. Maybe a couple know. people think about Brandon Routh. Yeah. <laughs> so, but any Hoosiers. Um, uh, one other piece of news I want to bring up. Uh, A24 Studios uh-huh. uh, is kind of bringing back this year. They'll be releasing in theaters at some point this year a 4K remastered version of uh, the classic 80s Talking Heads concert film, Stop Making Sense. Huh. Which, if you're a fan of the Talking Heads, fucking, you got to check out this movie. It's uh, directed by Jonathan Demme. And it's just a concert film of Talking Heads doing a bunch of tunes. That's and cool. Just, yeah, it's a fucking great, great concert film. Uh, amazing music. I love the Talking Heads. Yeah. And they're going to, yeah, they're doing a remastered version that they'll be releasing in theaters this year. So Cool. That'd be nice. Yeah. I was just listening to Talking Heads uh, a couple hours ago on the way to the pizza store. Nice. So. Big fan. Um, which actually, uh, speaking of Talking Heads and music, that uh, that leads me to our, uh, our our question of the week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it on you guys. We've been uh, doing these questions, trying every week. I think I forgot last week, but you know, it's kind of a get to know the movie council question. Uh, this week, the question for both is, um, what musical artist, uh, band, singer, even down to an album, would you say had the biggest impact on your life? Like, it, it, for me, like, it, I mean, there's actually two ways I can go with this. But for me, honestly, it, I mean, it's kind of obvious. It's the band Fish. Uh, back in 1996, I went to a like a festival uh, that Fish was playing, and since then, I, like I just fell in love, and I've been, I've traveled almost the in- entire extent of Interstate 95 from northern Maine to southern Florida, fucking going to f- different Fish concerts. Um, yeah, I mean, ever to this day like i plan my summers around fish concerts so for me absolutely fish had the biggest impact on my life but uh marky how about you is there is there a specific band or album a- anything that you feel had like a huge impact on your life um you know not in that sense i mean i i, I don't have one that's it's odd to say this, but like I've, you know, there wasn't like a lot of music in my house growing up as a kid. And if there mm-hmm. was, it was like just whatever was on the radio or like whatever was playing. Like there wasn't, I didn't have that influence from mm-hmm. grown ups of like sharing their music. Right. So it wasn't until later in life, like high school and stuff that I started picking out music that I liked and I never went to, I can't remember the first time I went to a live show, a concert. It would have been, oh man, like after college, probably, you know, like that was never like mm-hmm. a big part of my life. Um, but after college, when I was just kind of aimless and didn't know what I wanted to do, I got into uh, David Bowie really big and just was playing that shit all mm-hmm. the damn time. 
and that's also kind of too, you know, cause yeah. I, uh, I was still f- trying to find myself and didn't know, not only did I not know what I wanted to do, but still kind of shaping my personality in a way. Mm-hmm. And David Bowie just clicked with me because of his just mix of characters. Like he wasn't right. the one thing he wasn't nailed down to the one thing. Yeah. It was always evolving. And I still like anytime I hear David Bowie, just crank that shit up. I, that's right. my favorite artist of all time. Everything he does. Okay. I love it. And when he that's died, it was answer. like, I felt like my heart drop, you know, I, I felt like I lost somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was one for me too. Uh, Bowie and Prince, once Prince died, I had that same, like, I almost cried that day. Feeling mm-hmm. So, but uh, how about you, AJ? Is there, is there a particular artist you say, would say had the biggest impact on you? Uh, no, not really. Um, although there was an album like in the mid 90s that I listened to a lot. And I don't know if it's just. It was like one of those albums that I could listen to front to back all the time. And it's just had an impact in a, like just a musical way on me where I just like appreciated it wasn't like a concept album or anything, but I just appreciated just the completeness of the album where every single song I thought was just amazing. And based on the time it came out in the mid nineties, it was just, uh, it's sort of like was sort of in line with the, the nineties grunge that I was listening to at the time. And it was sort of like an evolution of this particular artist to me. Um, and that was, I listened to a lot of Jane's Addiction in the 90s, but the, when when Perry Farrell uh, got back with Porno for Pyros, it did Good God's Urge. Mm. Um, I don't know, that album just really spoke to me. I remember, actually, I remember being at, was it It With You, the, the, the festival for Fish? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember just... Even it was after one of the sets, or I forget what night it was, but we listened. I basically listened to that entire album. I don't know if everyone had gone to bed, or I don't know why I had played it, but I don't know. Just that album just makes me think of like the '90s and mm-hmm. my my 20s, and I don't know the artistry of that album and the the way it was composed was just amazing. So, yeah. I fucking love that album too. There seems um, to be a bit of a common thread here though. Like uh, the music that we found in our twenties kind of mm-hmm. made an impression and stayed with us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah, album sure. came out that album came out in nineteen ninety six or ninety seven. And it was just yeah, it was like sort of right in the middle of all that, you know, right I was what, twenty five or whatever then and twenty four, twenty five and yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great yeah, album. Uh, that is the time, like you know, the sh- shit you hear when you're a teenager. You just you're you're kind of going with whatever's popular with everyone right. else in high school, and yeah, it's when you get into your twenties and twenties. Yeah, on is when shit really kind of you develop your taste in music. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. I, I agree. So. Yeah, yeah, and Porno for Pyro is really like I remember seeing Jane's Addiction in concert. Remember that show? Oh, cool. oh that was fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's one um, of my favorite concerts of all time. 
Yes. Like Fitchburg or somewhere like that. Like no, 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 no. It was at Brandeis College, remember? Brandeis. That's right. Okay. I, I knew it was some random college around here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And I just oh, I remember okay. Point of Papyrus and James. Well, just Perry Farrell himself being, I don't know, just formative. Like I listened to so much of that stuff. When he we was kind of like the king of Gen X. Like he started right. Lollapalooza and shit yes, like that. Right. Like, yeah, he yeah, a huge, huge driving force behind Gen X. Big time. And and you know, and when we were hanging out with Jim, we listened to Jane's mm-hmm. addiction constantly. Like that was like constantly on the radio in the car. Like we were just yeah. listening to them all the time. And yeah. Yeah, that was like my formative years, you know. It's uh, mm-hmm. shaped like sort of my taste in music. And I still yeah. listen to that album like now. And if I mm-hmm. listen to Good God's Urge, it's because I have time to listen to the whole thing. Like I want to listen to the whole thing. That's I don't cool. just want to listen to one song. I want to listen to Good God's Urge. Like it's mm-hmm. all one song to me. It all kind of goes together in a way. That album was so good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Totally agree. So, all right, fucking good. Yeah, we we gotta keep these questions coming. I'll, yeah, I like them. Uh, I'll try to remember every week. I don't know what happened last week. I just kind of forgot. And so, um, all right. Uh, so we, we got a couple other things. Like I said, we're gonna talk about a movie. Uh, that Marky had us all watch. Uh, real quick before we get into that, uh, I know it's already been a full week since the Oscars aired. But we did make our picks the week before the Oscars. So real quick, I just want to recap our picks. Um, the the winner with the most correct picks was AJ. AJ had five correct out of one, two, three. Nice. Four, eight, nine. Five out of nine. Oh, nice. Uh, Marky had four out of nine. And did I pick wow. Michelle Yeoh? I had three out of nine. Did uh, I pick Michelle Yeoh? A, you did not pick Michelle Damn it. Who did I pick? Kate Blanchett? Yeah, we all picked Kate Blanchett and we're all wrong. I was so I was actually very happy for Michelle Yeoh. I think, Me too. I don't know if I, I thought for sure yeah. Kate Blanchett was going to get it with the way that the, the you know, uh, just seemingly the media attention around her. No, mm-hmm. but I, I realized I was, I was like watching the Oscars. They were mentioning that Michelle had started gaining some momentum. I didn't realize she God. had i hadn't been paying as close attention to what she'd been winning but like i think maybe yeah, DD I think mentioned, she won like the sag yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah so, i wasn't paying attention either i just i too we all picked Kate blanchett all three of yeah. us uh and we all, I mean, we, all got, we all got best picture right uh best picture we all had correct yes uh best original song marky and aj both had that right i did not I love the performance too on at the night of the Oscars. Did you guys watch the Oscars? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so much fun watching that song be performed. Mm-hmm. The dance when they were doing the dance, it was so cool. I might have to look yeah. that up. Uh so best supporting actor, AJ and myself both had Kihu Kwan. Kwan. Nice. Yep. Um Marky, you went with Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. I think you're just going on a limb for fun. Uh best supporting, you guys both had Jamie Lee. I had Stephanie Shu. Uh, again, we all had best actor wrong. We all had a different person, and none of us got it right, which is impressive. Oh, that's <laughs> but, interesting. Uh, Who yeah, did I AJ, pick? AJ, you, you went with Austin Butler. Marky went with Bill oh. Nye. 
I went with Colin Farrell, and it ended up being Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Banshees got shut out. Fableman's got shut out. Mm-hmm. A few, a few, few. Which uh, one did, did I pick, DP? Uh, you picked Bill Nye. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I I don't hate uh Brendan Fraser winning though. I no. I like Brandon Fraser. I'm happy. So. Yeah, he had, he had a good I'm speech. He had a good yeah. speech. He was very emotional. I thought uh, it was really cool that these uh, guys that have kind of been out of Hollywood for a long time, you know, Key Kwan and Brandon Fraser. Mm-hmm. He had a great speech too. Yeah, yeah, he was excellent. Um, he was and, a shoe. He was a shoe in Marky. You should have picked him with your pick. I don't. I know. I'm kind of wondering why I didn't now. Hmm. I think it's basically so. If did know, we all get director? Uh, best director. You both had it right. I decided to go out on a limb on that one and got it wrong. So I went with I went with Ruben Ostland, thinking you know, hey, maybe we'll throw oh, a curveball. Right. Yeah, they didn't throw a curveball because they put it just because well they put, deserved. Got it. Yeah. Well, because he they put him in just the fact that they put him in there for director. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Like they didn't put. Uh, the All Quiet on the Western Front guy, right? With all the other award nominations, including the also the Best Picture, like I, I, that was strange, right? Yeah, it was interesting. And, yeah, All Quiet actually did quite well too. They won did, a, yeah. a bunch of awards, so. yeah, including Best International Film and some mm-hmm. technic technical awards and Best Adapted Screenplay, maybe. Uh no, adapted screenplay was uh women talking by Sam Oh Collins. right, right, right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah which was shocking. Right. Yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah. That was a surprise. Um, Top Gun got uh what did it get? Editing or something? At something like that, yeah. yeah. Some effects awards. So it did, yeah. Uh geez, something I was I was actually surprised at whatever it got. I thought it was gonna be or sound design. Maybe. I thought it was yeah. gonna be Ava- I thought it was gonna be Avatar or something, you know, but it mm-hmm. didn't. I think Avatar out. got best special effects, if that's a thing. Visual visual effects, maybe? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then I think All Quiet got best sound design. Um yeah. Yeah, I didn't have those ones. So no, I'm no. glad. I'm glad Top Gun was recognized with you know Best Picture nom and stuff. Like I'm glad they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a solid movie. It's a killer, Very solid movie. Yeah, uh, I am shocked that Banshees kind of got shut out. Like, completely shut out. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, like original screenplay, Colin Farrell. Somebody would have won something, but I thought nothing. I thought Carrie Condon had a chance, but mm. um, yeah, with the two actresses from Everything Everywhere, I thought they'd split the vote or something, you know, and she'd right. get, she'd you know, flip in there. But yeah. Yeah, right. everything, everything sweet, acting yeah. wise, yeah, all the ones that was nominated for acting, it got, and then Best Picture, Director, and Writing, you know, and then one other, I think it got seven total. Yeah. yeah. But I, I still stand by it. Like I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought she was great in it, but Stephanie Shu was better. I think she. I agree. Better. I agree. You, you guys yeah. know, like I wasn't like hugely high on that movie, but like I thought, I thought Stephanie Shu, like she had much more of a role. She was more integral, integral to the plot. I thought she deserved it. If they were going to give it to someone from that film, it should have been her. Versus Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I can agree I with agree. that argument because she she had more range too, right? With her mm-hmm. her split she characters. Had a, she, yeah, and she had more of like an emotional connection to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like 
with the, her and her mother's relationship. You know, there was more. There was more meat to that role. But, but there's not. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. But I, I don't think that's to take away from what Jamie Lee Curtis did either. That's no, fine. It's fine. She was. She was fine. But I. I, I thought I, she was excellent. Yeah. But I thought. I thought she was outshined by the other. Totally. The other actress in the same film as her. You know. Oh. I mean, that's just my opinion. But yeah. Yeah. And I think people online were, were saying like very similar things. <laughs> a lot of people were. Yeah. Um, people are going to cry about whatever anyway on the internet. Sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter, matter who won. The people <laughs> it doesn't matter. Crying, <laughs> They're so. going to cry about it. There, no there does, there does seem to have been less, um, kind of less curveballs or like mm. ca- campaigns this year. You know, like somebody I, I was. Uh, just stumbled across like a post about saving private Ryan. And every time I see that someone always brings up how uh, Shakespeare in love won best picture. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Over. And then somebody reminded them like, that's when Weinstein was like at his peak of influence mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And he would run these mad campaigns to get his yeah. films at the front. Um, you don't. Really, it, it didn't always really feel like that this year, or even the past couple years, with these movies that were kind of winning undeservedly. Well, well, Andrea Riseborough was the only controversy, I think, with her nomination for Best Actress mm-hmm. in a very like unknown film where people were campaigning for her, and you know, like A list actors were like coming out of the woodwork, like trying to get her nominated and stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. It was a very showy performance, from what I'm, from what I understand, and mm-hmm. a very act, like a very actory performance. Like you know, the actors would would appreciate it. You know, act, act, yeah. right? She was like a top gun actor. <laughs> yes, Gary. All right. Uh, uh, so, well, watch this transition. It's going to be beautiful. Um, so, so speaking of everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I re- when that that movie first came out, it was only kind of in select theaters, and patting myself on the back, I was one of the ones that went and saw it when it first came out, and uh, I I brought my son Aiden with me. I didn't tell him anything about the movie. I didn't have I didn't give him the chance to watch any trailers or know anything. So he went in completely fucking blind uh absolutely goddamn loved it he like during the oscars we were talking and he's like you know saying how that was maybe the best movie going experience he's ever had uh you know how wonderful it was uh this week marky had us watch a movie but didn't let us watch any trailers and told us not to look up anything about it just go in blind watch the movie uh which i did uh marky why don't yes. you fucking take it from here let everyone all know right. all about this movie uh and uh, and then we'll get into our thoughts on it Mar- marky totally he said we got to talk about this movie on the podcast don't look it up just watch it let's talk on friday this is the first time we brought it up so let's dive into it. Marky, go for it. Hold on. Are segues supposed to be that elaborate? Or... Of course they are. <laughs> yes. So that's how they work. Don't you know segues? Right. Come on. All right, come before on. before I jump into this, AJ, did you watch this movie? 
Uh, yes, I watched okay. it. Okay, so right. let's go ahead and place a heavy spoiler alert right here in the front because I want to go. I want to pick this movie apart. Um, yes, I asked you guys to go out on a limb, trust me, and watch mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, you can read the synopsis if you feel like you have to, but don't watch any trailers. And I know it was a big ask because mm-hmm. the title of the movie, it's called Butt Boy. And I said, just watch it. We got to talk about this. So I heard about it on a podcast. Duncan Trussell, the comedian, was on a Joe Rogan podcast and he brought it up. And of course, you know, when he mentioned the title, Joe was like, what the f- fuck are you watching he's like no man you gotta trust me like it's so good and he started to talk about it and then he was just like you know what just just see it like it's i promise you it's so good and i looked it up i found that it's free like everywhere because it's a very indie movie the budget apparently was only like a hundred grand the premise is incredibly ridiculous unsurprisingly with a title of butt boy but i was shocked on how good they were able to make such a small budget movie and how it the funniest part about it to me this movie is described as a comedy mystery the premise is insane and i'll get into that in just a sec but they the it's done like everyone is dead serious the everyone in the movie is dead serious about what the plot is no one There's no like kind of like outside laugh jokes or cracks or anything. Everyone cheek. Yeah. It's not like they're all dead serious. So the movie, but boy is about a guy that finds that he has an obsession with sticking things up his butt. But when he does, those things get sucked into like a black hole and they go into like almost like a parallel universe kind of thing. So a quite an elaborate plot besides that initial insane idea. He starts going to AA because of all these things. He starts sticking up his butt. The person in AA that ends up, he ends up sponsoring is a detective, a missing kid happens at butt boy's workplace and the detective is assigned to his case he starts to suspect that this guy has taken the kid and hidden him up his butt and he tells his chief of police what's happened it's all dead serious like the whole thing it is it's so absurd saying it out loud but the movie was done so well it almost seemed like they shot it on like an iphone 14 or something but they used the guys that made it that the director was actually the lead his name is uh tyler cornack he was the director he's one of the co-writers the uh guy that there's one, one guy that edited the movie he's also in it like everyone that worked on the movie is in it it's a very kind of like involved cast um, I, I just think that they did a knockout job with such an insane premise. There's and Duncan mentioned this. There's no way in hell you could bring 
this script to a major studio and tell them like, oh, so what's your movie about? Like, oh, it's this guy that shoves things up his ass and they disappear and he's being uh, investigated by his detective at his AA meetings and they get into a, it's, it's, it's too far out there, but it works. Somehow it works. And I wanted you guys to watch it partly because I enjoyed it so much, but also even if you didn't like the movie, I think there's something to be said with the skills that these guys showed and making a movie with so little. So before I start rambling on about it too much, AJ, you seem to be the most, you want to go to DP first. DP, I choose you first. <laughs> Let me know what you think about Butt Boy, because uh, I'd, I'd love to start talking to you guys. Okay. So um, the, no hyperbole here. Uh, like, I 100% believe that uh, if you give us a year, and with the help of my close personal friend and producer extraordinaire, Andrew Harvey, we could make a better movie than Butt Boy. You that movie so? was fucking horrendous. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It was so the acting, the casting, everything about it was fucking horrible. I mean, like the the I can get behind the idea of a guy that, uh, you know, shoves a dog up his ass and then a woman <laughs> and her child and like all, all that insanity about what he was shoving up his ass. I could get behind that if it was done right. But this movie sucked ass. Oh, wow. It was maybe the worst thing I've ever fucking watched. Like, I, I, I'm not even kidding. We could make a better movie. Okay. We definitely could. With a fucking just filming on our goddamn iPhones, us acting in it. Like I said, my close personal friend, Andrew Harvey, uh, he's produced some films. He used to work for Annapurna Pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys remember him, right? You met him yeah, when I brought him about. on the podcast. I'm telling you, if he helped us out, we could make a better movie. I'm sorry, Marky. I wanted to like it, but it was fucking horrible. I didn't it expect that. It was so goddamn bad. <laughs> Like now I know how TW felt when I had him watch Mandy. Like, uh, oh my God, I hated it, Marky. I hated it so much. I honestly didn't suspect that. I thought out of anybody that you were going to be on my side. To be I honest. wanted to be. I did. I wanted to be, but the acting sucked. Uh, just the everything, even like just the way it was shot was stupid. And I thought the casting choices were terrible. I, oh, I That's, fucking hated it, man. I'm sorry, Marky. I no, did. I just hated I'm it glad so I didn't. I'm glad it wasn't like any money, right? If it was like three dollars to rent, then I would feel bad. But oh yeah, what, all yeah. you lost was an hour and thirty eight minutes. So yeah, funny. that that's the only thing I could say good about it. It was only an hour and a half long. So plus ads. Yeah, uh, plus ads. Uh, Mark, you didn't think I was going to be on your side, did you? No, that's why I wanted to go to you first because then I thought I'd have DP to back me up. <laughs> This is going to be a short segment of it. Uh, no, 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 no. That's right. I, I, I actually don't have the same kind of problems DP has with this film with the with the cast or the acting or anything like that. I don't think it's particularly well acted, but I, I that's not that's not a major complaint of mine. And I understand what the film is going for. These people are playing it totally straight. They're trying to tell a story about like addiction. And compulsion and whatever, like you know mm -hmm. what I mean. All these things, like I, I get what they're what they're going for. I get the meta, like I get the idea, right? What they're trying to go for. 
I just, I just thought that the that the decision to play it straight was not the right decision. I don't know. Like maybe, really? yeah, maybe I, I wasn't buying into like, I wasn't taking them seriously, even though they were playing it straight. Like, like I wasn't, I, I, I was, I was hoping they would, there was like a little more tongue in cheek or there was a little more, I guess it would have played better, like uh, in an obvious way as a comedy, but it they play it totally straight and it's a serious film and they're using this sort of like this avenue of this this vehicle of like the, the metaphor of the sticking shit up your up your butt <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, as as I can't even say it with a straight face <laughs> like that's why it would have worked better as a comedy but like, I I don't think it was poorly directed or shot or anything like that I just didn't I wasn't. I didn't like the story. Right. I didn't like how it was told. Like it didn't like the direction the the story went. I didn't like how they actually went inside him and like you were with them inside his ass, <laughs> his prostate, whatever. Like wherever they were, they were inside him, and, and then they he explodes at the end. Spoiler alert! Uh, when they when they when they free themselves, from the only part I did like was when he walks up to the, see this was funny. He walks up to his uh to his boss, is the 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 you know his captain. He's like case closed. <laughs> Like hands that was yeah, he has the floppy disk. Yeah, like case closed. Like that was funny. Like, yeah. That was funny. They should have they should have leaned into that a little bit more. Uh, then it would have been kind of at least entertaining. Like the fact that they played it straight was like bothering me actually throughout the film. Mm. Like I'm like, why are they playing this so straight? This is like, the only- you, I I laughed so fucking hard when. You saw the dog in the toilet, like covered, covered in, shit. in shit. Yeah, yeah. The parts when they started pl- when they started making it funny at times, or even if it was inadvertent, yeah, that that worked for me. With the, but... uh, the, the another <laughs> another scene with that captain is when the detective is trying to explain to him what's mm-hmm. going on. He's like, so "Let me get this straight. This You've got a guy that yeah. is acting like a serial killer." By shoving things up his ass, and the detective's like, yes. "Yeah, not my words, but pretty much." <laughs> yeah. Right, and, and he said something. He mixed something else in there in the explanation too, and I'm like, "Yeah, the suspense of disbelief here, like that was funny, but they weren't trying to be funny, right? Like necessarily, necessarily. But the exchanges with him and his captain were like." They're pricelessly funny because you're like, this is preposterous and the idea is preposterous. So like when it becomes like it's a metaphor. So when they when when they were like speaking about it literally, that's mm-hmm. when it was funny. Right. You know, when they were when when they were speaking about it literally. Like it was almost like they were trying to ignore the fact. You know what I mean? The husband. He was trying right. to like ignore the fact, just live this normal life with his wife, even though his dog disappeared. Some rando at a some random random kid at a park disappeared. You know, their their marriage was like basically just they're going through the motions. Sham. His, yeah. his yeah. job sucked. You know, everything about this guy's life sucked. And he was just trying to ignore the fact that he had people in his ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I it was, yeah, it's like the the movie. 
Hate's a strong word. I wouldn't say I hated this. It just didn't work oh, that well for me. Just I didn't work. The, just it. didn't work that well for me. Like I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't like the the direction they took it. So that's on the director, like the the story writers, like sure. the screenplay, whatever it is. You know the tone, how they convey the tone. You know. And that's but, for me. This this movie struck a chord, and I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be that. It's it's gonna there's gonna be a very small minority of people. Oh, it's totally niche that are into it, and like this is just like my sense of humor, where it's this yeah completely outrageous, absurd premise, and we're pretending like this is serious. Like, and then I I was just cracking up the whole time. Right, but do you think it's supposed to be a comedy? Yeah. Do you think it falls neatly in the comedy genre? Because in Rotten Tomatoes it says mystery and thriller, comma comedy. <laughs> right. So it maybe Didn't it doesn't know. Maybe it doesn't know what it's supposed to be, or it's trying to be too many things or something. Because it, 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 there was like this, uh, you know, the the overall plot is like a metaphor for a serial killer, right? Or somebody that like somebody that's at least abducting people. Right. Um, but it's uh, also it's also about like loneliness and like addiction mm-hmm. and yes, addiction. You no, know, you know, yeah. So there's there's like he they're trying to say something. I just don't think they conveyed it all that well. Yeah. At, if, at, if I'm being at, honest. At least I thought you guys because I uh I appreciated the acting because I always mm-hmm. like oh, I hated it. I always like seeing a cast that I don't know. And yeah, I didn't have a problem with the acting. And I didn't think that I didn't think anybody was, you know, there's a reason why they're kind of in this tier of, uh, you know, haven't seen them in anything else, but I thought they did. Mm -hmm. The dude that played the detective did not seem like a detective at all. No, that was was a stupid comment. Yeah. Like he, I don't know, just like the his facial hair, the way he carried right. himself. The comp, the he comment didn't feel in the like movie. a cop. Uh, the IT guy who was sticking everything up his ass, just like I don't know. There's something about the way he played it that, that like he was looked like he was trying too hard to look uncomfortable, which made him look uncomfortable, just not in the right way. I don't like. I don't know. There's something just about his performance it just fucking threw me and i couldn't and i the just cop, couldn't the get cop, behind it the, the cop was the director no the oh, cop the, was the no the cop no the, the detective the detective no, the, butt, the butt boy was the director they're both named tyler oh, okay. are you sure yes they're both their first names are tyler mm-hmm. but tyler are... kornak tyler kornak oh, was the yes uh, that's right boy. i see He's that the director i see that tyler rice tyler kornak okay yeah 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 Okay, so the butt boy is the is the director. He's the director, and he's also one of the co-writers. By and the then, way, no, seventy one percent of Rotten Tomatoes, seventy percent audience score. Yeah. Wow. I mean, really? It's not, yeah, it's not hated. Seventy. Jesus. And the All uh, right. wow, All right. the guy. Yes, it's not certified fresh because I don't think it has enough um, reviews, but sure. And DP, I said stupid comment because in the movie, uh, butt boy makes a comment. To the detective, he's like, "Oh, that's funny because you look like a detective." And like, I, I thought mm. that too. I'm like, "That's a stupid comment." Like, he yeah. no, he doesn't. Like, yeah, he looks, like <laughs> long greasy hair, long greasy hair, and a, a weird earring. Yeah, 
right? So, Do you think know. the cop knew what he was on? Like, because that was his kid that was find that missing out in the park. Yeah, right. you find that right. out later. The original kid that went missing with the wife. It was the wife missing mm-hmm. too. How long? No, she's, she's, Do you think he just went to AA because he kind of knew this dude was was like close, like he was at that park or he knew something? Maybe he's a good detective, right? Mm. Solves all his cases, right? But I th- so I thought the I thought the acting was great for this caliber of movie. I thought the directing and editing was fantastic with this caliber of movie and this uh dollar budget you know this- yeah so so you think back on like other like lower budget films like we've watched mark you like um yeah i have no problem with the directing and the editing like the actual production of the film or the acting like coherence remember coherence yeah. um oh right 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 that one yeah, was yeah, done yeah. very well that one was done very very well. done very well but like you know that had people you didn't you had no idea who these people were except for the dude that used to be on Buffy. Right. Like he was the only person you knew as an actor in this film. Mm-hmm. And you know, similar, like the production value was similar, I thought. Yeah. You know? you know, I had no problem with the production value. I had I no did. problem. Oh, I thought it was terrible. I legit feel like we could do a better one. I really I, do. I disagree, man. I've seen some you know movies that have a lot more money and people with a lot mm-hmm. more experience and they, they churn out movies that are worse than this so oh. i i think oh. these guys have got some some real skills with what, uh, maybe what i need to watch what's, it what's, again then what's the yeah, uh, what's was, what's the uh, what's terrible what's the saying like the greater than the sum of its parts like this film i don't think like added up enough for me in that regard yeah the production value is fine the acting was fine the story didn't work for me so like not it's just like disparate parts like they right. didn't all come together in a way that um made me enjoy the movie and dp hated all aspects and then for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then for me like we're all we're all looking at it differently because then then i like all those aspects i feel like they clicked just right it came together i really enjoyed it very much enjoyed it yeah yeah um yeah that i mean that's the thing with like a, a a super indie film like that right is is you know, a lot of it's going to be oftentimes it's going to be niche, like some right. a very niche story, a very specific story. And they're going to be like, it's going to click with a certain group even, of people. Even in the beginning, when the main character was like kind of just waltzing around his house after doing yard work, that was cracking me up. He has like the zinc on his nose and like stupid hat <laughs> and his like yard clothes like that, that simple kind of uh just added piece like had me cheese it and i like the fact that the movie was set like in the 90s seemingly where there didn't really seem to be a real decision for that besides maybe nostalgia from the uh creators the early parts of the film too were were definitely what i would consider a slow burn right Mm -hmm. because you know it never really gets to like he doesn't turn into (laughs) It doesn't turn into butt boy until he goes to the proctologist, right? And gets the the, the guy examining it. And then that whole scene cracking me up. The way the doctor was acting, like during that proctologist exam. Right. Those parts were kind of funny to me. But then when they started to get a little more serious with the the message, it it kind of 
fell what flat. Is, what me. does this say about my humor that I found all this like hilarious? Yeah. No, no, no. Some even of that them. proctologist thing, scene I thought was fucking stupid. Like, it, you know, like the whole thing where he wouldn't back up and he was just kind of being very <laughs> sexual towards him before he does the prostate exam. Uh, I didn't find that funny. It just, uh, I don't know. He, he just rams his me. fingers in there. Yeah, none yeah. of it. And then the, the, right after that, he's oh, the having moment, sex with the his moment, wife, and he's trying mo- to get her to put it, her. He's trying to get yeah. her to put the, mo- the, mo- the moment the doctor yeah. stuck his fingers in his ass, he was hooked. Right, he was hooked. And then he's staring at he the bar hooked. of soap in the Charlotte and the and the shower. I mean, uh, and then yeah, there goes the dog, and then the baby. I mean, that was that was a big leap in the story. That was odd. But and and then uh, when the detective is hot on his trail, he keeps finding dingleberries. Like that's like his piece of evidence. He's finding yeah. like, dingleberries on the carpet. Yeah. Oh my god! I gotta ask what ha- what happened? Work, what right. happened to the um, the little? Uh, he's the, dead. The other little kid. He you know was, you, you know who I was that? talking about, right? No, yeah, he died. Um, I sort of caught something, but I didn't realize he that meant he died. So it didn't really show him died. It showed his like face melting a little bit, right? And then yes. And then when the butt boy exploded, um, the detective and his long he wasn't son, there. Yes, just the two of them come walking out. And right. Then so that's what brief, I figured. There was a brief moment though where the detective looks at the father of that dead boy, and the detective just shakes his head no, and then that father ends up like sobbing. And it was kind of like the confirmation that that was the kid from like that was under that did the hide and seek under his the butt right. boy's desk, right? Went missing, yeah, yeah. And I I enjoyed like the 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 kind of like the tense mystery elements of it, even though as a viewer you knew what was going on, you knew that butt boy was doing it, you knew the detective was going to figure it out. But I enjoyed like the cat and mouse aspect of of it, of him like you know investigating him and getting hot on his trail and then that bathroom scene and like him finding the floppy disk that he wasn't able to hide up his butt for whatever reason and he's got that pistol aimed at him ready right then he follows him right that's when he sucks him into his ass right now no he, he sucked he, him into his ass to. at the late at the laser at the laser tag yeah. laser tag place he sucked him into his ass and and the uh the town is like giving him like this like he's a hero a city hero award because they were that's right like, folks he sucked him into his ass at a laser tag place mm-hmm. yes. and you guys are talking about this like it's a good movie I, <laughs> no i, I didn't say I, how... i'm not I'm, i didn't say i liked it i'm just saying but that's I'm what's just wrong. Talking, I'm just terrible. talking about the film. So. That's what's wrong. With I, know, me. I know. If I heard somebody having this conversation, I would be looking this movie up and wondering where do I find it? Because this is the kind of shit that I don't know what you know, why why am I like this? Why do I find this funny? Why is why am I into this? But why are you the way you are? Why am I the way I am? I don't know. I I liked it so much that I started looking these guys up and figure, trying to find what else they did. They did in, uh, Butt Boy came out in 2019 mm-hmm. uh, to, I'd say, lukewarm to no reviews. I don't know if anybody saw oh, it. And then uh, they did another movie called Tiny Cinema that came out last year, 2022. And apparently it's also free, um, created by the same group of dudes. And from what I could tell, I did watch a trailer on that one and I read the synopsis. And it looks almost like a compilation of 
short stories that might have like a, a tying thread between them. And it seems pretty interesting. It seems more along the lines of a, a horror movie. Oh, that dude Tyler Rice is in that one too. They're all in it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, and butt boy, the guy Rick, that is the owner of that RTM company that butt boy works out. That's the guy that edited this movie. So like, like the whole, you know, cast and crew is involved, like acting and behind mm-hmm. the scenes of this movie. It just seems like, you know, like some old buddies that got together and made a movie. And I thought, I right. thought they did a fun job and did great with what they had. Again, see, I saw the same thing, like a bunch of buddies making a movie. And my only thought was we could do better. Like it's that bad. We could do I, better. I appreciate your confidence. Um, <laughs> I I personally haven't tried not really confidence. <laughs> I, uh, I have not tried to make a full feature movie before, and uh, I'd love to try. That'd be fun. But I, I think you're uh, what's the word? Hating. Overestimating our abilities or yeah. un- underestimating what what they did, underappreciating what they did. I I think they they, they mean, pulled possibly, quite a bit out but... out of what they had. Yeah. So, did you, Marky, have you seen um, Primer? It's one of those, uh, another one of those like really small bunch of films that's like the same crew and they've done multiple films. It's a sci fi time travel film. Sounds familiar. Yeah. So, similar, like small crew, small budget. It only made about 500 G's at the box office, just under. And then they did, um, Oh, they did another film as a follow up to that, um, uh, to a fo- as a follow up to Primer. Oh, I, no, I never watched that one. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, and then they did uh, like, so he did Primer. Shane Carruth is the guy. He did Primer, and then Upstream Color. Okay, was their like second like major one, and then. Um, he did another one. It looks like in 2018, but he hasn't done a film in. Whatever, but it was like a small crew, same people are in all the films, like sort of thing. I I like that when I like the like the first film and the like that I see out of it, and then I'll definitely watch. I'll try to see if I can watch the other stuff. You know, like I want to see if the dude that did or the person that did Coherence does another film or whatever. Like right. those like small indie films, when done right, you know that the creators are worth like kind of following, but. This so. one, this one, I won't watch Tiny Cinema probably because I wasn't really into um, into this into Butt say, Boy. Say the title again. What's the movie we watched? Butt Boy. Butt Boy. Say its uh, name. Butt Boy. Dude, the just the description of the movie: Detective Fox loves work and alcohol. After he going does, to AA, yeah. his sponsor Chip becomes the main suspect in his investigation of a missing kid. Fox also starts to believe that people are disappearing up Chip's butt. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck to the head. Act. It's official. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. So, on that note, uh, you guys wanna wanna move on right now and uh, maybe talk about some movie fan theories? Yeah, I got a few. All right, so yeah, so last week we uh, we kind of brought one up at the end of the show, and it was about uh, Vincent Vega being, you know, so horrible at his job that 
you know, he was given super easy assignments and still managed to fuck them up. And, and, I, and I loved it. Yeah, it's a great fucking theory. It, it, to- it totally tracks. Everything makes sense. Um, I, I think one part I left out, too. I don't remember if I mentioned this. Or not. I feel like I didn't. But uh, uh, one of the reasons they say he even has a job is because uh, his brother is Vic Vega. Right. You know, Michael Madsen from Reservoir right. Dogs. And he's such a badass, you know, gangster that they, they give Vincent some extra rope, you know. But wasn't the Vic Vega from Reservoir Dogs and uh, Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction, their relationship as brothers, wasn't that even a fan theory for a while before like Tarantino confirmed it? Yes. That yeah, totally. Was. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, and there's even talk of a Vega Brothers movie being made and, you know, it ended up never happening. But, but yeah, so, so, so we talked about that last week. And uh, this week we're going to talk about a few more because there are so many fucking wacky crazy fan theories out there um some of them totally make sense some of them are absurd uh i'll give you my first one which i think uh totally makes sense and it's it's actually kind of a combination of two um and this one being that the uh the name james bond is actually just a code name that the reason we've had, you know, what, seven different actors play James Bond is uh, because none of them are actually James Bond. They all actually have a different name, but when they become the spy, they take on the code name James Bond, which, you know, tracks and makes sense why we've had different James Bonds over the past 60 years. Um, but that ties into this other one, which I totally think makes sense. And that is uh, the movie The Rock, where Sean Connery, you know, plays a guy that had escaped from Alcatraz and they bring him back in. That Sean Connery's character in The Rock is actually James Bond. That, you know, you know, later in his career, he was in the U.S. doing some spying and got caught and sent to Alcatraz and, and and. you know, that was actually James Bond that uh, helped Nick Cage, you know, save the world at, on in The Rock. So I think that one totally tracks. Marky, what do you think? Does that, that one hold water for you? It holds water for me because I also have that theory on my list. Mm-hmm. Put that one down. Um, the uh, notes that I have for this one are similar, but there's a, a key difference in what you said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I've uh wrote down my notes from a guy i gotta give him credit uh i found his post on reddit his name is apprehensive or his uh username apprehensive apprehensive test 26 he wrote a three thousand word essay on reddit and went into yes he did went into big detail on Mm -hmm. why he thinks that uh john mason yes from the rock is james bond and what you said though about the code name he mm-hmm. advocated it because he he kind of and by the way this theory of uh these characters being the same person is a kind of an older theory it's been going it's been bouncing around for a while yeah um but this guy on reddit ended up bringing some new life into it that i hadn't heard before he argues that james bond is the character's real name is that uh, james bond is james bond the code name is 007 
John Mason mm-hmm. in The Rock is his alias. And right. that and that there's he was viewing it from like an independent James Bond. I forget the way he put it, but almost like so this is just the Sean Connery James Bond. Mm-hmm. So the the films that Sean Connery did during the James Bond franchise from like 1961 uh, to 72 um, was this period that he relates to. And this, this guy that wrote this essay, he relates his theory to like actual real world events. And it's, <laughs> it's too deep. It is far too deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Sean Connery's bond is, is John Mason from the rock. And the end of Dr. No, he ends up, James Bond ends up blowing up this base and ends up going out to sea, like on a dinghy, banging the broad as the credits roll. <laughs> and then the theory is that uh, uh, he gets captured at that point by like the Navy and he oh, gives yeah, them yeah. an alias and he gets the, the Navy assumes that he's like a henchman from this base that just blew up. And mm-hmm. he gets sent to Alcatraz. That's like in 61. Um, but then he, in the movie, Al- or uh, The Rock, it talks about how he escaped. Right. He escaped from Alcatraz at like in like 62. Um, and then the time period that Sean Connery did the further stint of his Bond career were mm-hmm. in these years. Uh, the last ah. one being Diamonds Are Forever which is back mm-hmm. in America, which is back in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And in 1971, and in the movie The Rock, they say that John Mason was recaptured in 72. Um, uh-huh. There's the idea in this theory that uh, he, you know, well, actually and they say it in The Rock too, he, he stole this microfilm, right? And that's kind of what mm-hmm. Nicholas, that's what Nicholas Cage's character finds at the end. It was MI6 that wanted james bond to steal this microfilm and i think it's uh maybe in the uh, reading all this stuff going back and forth like it's starting to get jumbled up in my head but there was something about maybe it was in the rock the 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 script of the rock they talk about how there was like some damning evidence against like the parliament the uk Mm -hmm. parliament or something like that and so if if james bond did get captured then again in 1972 he gave the same fake name of john mason mi6 would not uh acknowledge that he was one of theirs uh james bond aka john mason would not give up his real identity oh in the meantime he knocked up this american broad one night stand classic james bond move that's where the daughter from his his daughter in the rock comes from Mm -hmm. um and so he's been sitting there in this prison and there's also like this guy like i said three thousand words like it was a short novel that this guy wrote um, ends up holding a lot of water. I mean, you got to kind of go along for the ride and believe it, but it's one of those that kind of makes a lot of sense. As long as you don't take into account the Pierce Brosnan's and the Daniel Craig's and, you know, Timothy Dalton's like right. it fits with the Which Sean is where That other thing fits that all those other guys just are using the name James Bond. Right, that's their code name. Yeah, sure. And John and, Mason, his actual name is John Mason. He just went by James Bond when he was a spy. Right. 
Um, unless you want to add something to that, AJ, I've actually got a James Bond fan theory that I could just hop right into. Mm. No, no, no comment for you, AJ? Okay. So James Bond, this one's kind of short. James Bond is not a top world mm. secret spy. He is a distraction and he is shit at his job. <laughs> he, he goes in there so the real covert spies can do their jobs. James Bond is always using his name. This, this kind of goes in line uh, back to the idea that it's not a code name. It is his real name. Everywhere he goes in all the James Bond movies, like what's your name? I'm Bond, James Bond. You know, he tells people this at the poker table, at the mm -hmm. bars. The, Which the again, it leans more towards my theory that it's not his real name. That's why he gives it out so freely. Possibly, but <laughs> it's a name that people know. Exactly. And yeah. this theory, he's not this top tier spy. He's a wrecking ball. And he's also mm -hmm. a piece of psych psychological warfare. So he goes into these places at the bar, at the poker table, drops his name. Henchmen and villains start shitting their pants because they're like, oh, my God, James Bond's here. And they know that James Bond's a spy. They're watching him. They you know, capture him, bring him in or whatever. All the while, the real spies got hired on as a janitor, an IT person, and they're doing their thing. As James yeah. Bond runs around, blowing the base yeah. up, shooting, shooting henchmen, and, going yeah. fucking crazy. These people that have infiltrated secretly, the real spies are working from the shadows and keeping an eye on him and shooting the people that might get the drop on James Bond. So James Bond is seemingly an unstoppable force, a killing machine that just destroys and topples everything that he comes to. That way... He is a piece of psychological warfare because when he arrives, you know that right. you're going to get fucked. But the he's real not necessarily able by to himself. do their job. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was fun because he, you know, that's how the movies play out. You're like, how is this guy just? I mean, it's fun. You suspend disbelief and you watch it, but yeah, he, you know, runs through a base. The whole place ends up exploding. Bullets spraying everywhere. He's not getting hit. Everyone's dropping, and then. Yeah, he ends up getting all the cars and the women, and he's just drinking. It's good. He's not a top tier spy. He's just a fucking nut job yeah, that they let loose. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that theory. James Bond's a distraction, not a top tier spy. Not a bad one. I like that. How about you, AJ? What do you what do you got for a fan theory for us? First off, thank you, Marky. Uh, Reddit. Wow. Yeah, pull your mic a little closer there. Yeah. Reddit's pretty cool. There's a there's a uh, subreddit called Fan Theories. That's where I pulled yeah. a lot of these from. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm that. I'm on that right now. Do you guys care about Harry Potter at all? Because I'll tell you, Harry Potter fan theory. I've, I haven't I've, seen any Harry Potter films. Yeah, I haven't seen them either. All right, so you can go ahead and drop them though. I mean, it's a huge, yeah, huge sure franchise. A lot of our listeners are Harry Potter fans. So this one, if. So I've read the books and I've listened and I've watched the movies multiple times and it's never touched on at all. So in almost every single movie, Harry starts out the movie, he's living with his aunt and uncle and his cousin. 
Am I not being heard? That's just a little quiet. Um, so he lives with them, and then he goes, like, during the school year, he goes to, obviously, Hogwarts School for Witchcraft and Wizardry. Mm-hmm. But as the movies and the books come to a climax, uh, come to a conclusion, you uh, you find out that the evil Lord, Lord Voldemort has ripped his soul apart into seven what they call horcrux, horcruxes. And mm-hmm. Harry's job is to eventually to destroy them all. But it turns out because when Harry was a, like a toddler, uh, he was uh, L- Lord Voldemort tried to kill him and when he did it, the curse that he threw at Harry Potter rebounded off Harry Potter and hit Voldemort and sent him like into hiding because he was fucked up for a while. Mm-hmm. But Harry Potter, when he was hit with the, the curse, he got this lightning scar. It's like a very famous thing there. Sure. Even I know yeah. that. Yeah. But not even just that, but when he was hit with the curse part of Lord Voldemort's soul that was already partially ripped apart anyway was embedded into Harry. Okay. Hmm. So that's that's well known by anybody that's read the, read the books, watched the movies. But the theory is that when like his aunt and uncle and his cousin when mm. he was living with them, they fucking hated him. They treated him like shit. Like they just—he was not the hero that he is in the wizarding world and in like the normal human world. Like his aunt and uncle fucking treated him like shit, <laughs> like really badly. And the reason that they're saying is like the Horcrux crux itself is like this evil thing, and the fact that it was inside Harry had this effect on his. The fan theories that is that an effect on his aunt and uncle and his cousin and made them treat him like shit. Okay. That's the fan theory. Because the Horcrux is like, one of the Horcruxes they end up finding in the last book, um, Harry and his buddies, uh, that they have to destroy. They have to destroy all the parts of Lord Voldemort's soul. Uh, One of them is this locket, and they take turns, like, before they find a way to destroy it, because it's hard to destroy. Uh, They wear it so they don't lose it and what each one of them when they wear it harry or his buddies they they feel like shit they act like assholes like the the, the actual horcrux makes them f- like act like dickheads okay so, so the whole concept is because harry was near by them but it doesn't really hold water because nobody else that's around harry and like hogwarts and stuff feels that right. way it's just that his aunt and uncle didn't want him around. They were like, the, they thought he was a freak because but, he was but not. You, you also, as a person coming from the outside, you also just said that when they wore that locket, they were acting like dickheads and were acting out. Yeah. And that was the, the Horcrux was in that locket. But, yes, it was. But the piece of Voldemort's soul was, uh, in the theory, put into Harry. And he wasn't the one acting like an asshole. It was his aunt and uncle towards him. Right. But like anybody around the Horcrux like gets this like negative, it's like a negative vibe feeling. But if that was the case, then nobody at Hogwarts treated Harry like that or or acted negatively towards him. So it kind of, this this holds you can poke in that one. 
Yeah, it's I it, like it's it. It's a fun one to think about. Like it, it makes it there. makes it makes sense not knowing uh a lot about that universe. Yeah. But but what you described, that's a big hole with uh I mean there's other people that don't like him, right? But he's got the friends, he's got uh the Right, they're the always guy. around him. Yeah. 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 Hermione and Ron. Yeah. They're always around him and they don't they don't have that they don't feel that way about him. Like they don't treat him badly. Maybe there's so, another another it's, theory. It's to a back very, that it's up. a little bit of a weak theory, but you know, I ended up coming across when I was. But I'm uh, a fanboy, so you know. When I was scanning Reddit for these fan theories, subreddit fan theories, um, mm. there was a lot of Harry Potter on there. Of course, there's seven. Yeah. There's there's eight eight movies or whatever. You know, yeah. there's going to be a lot of theories for sure. And there's so much lore and stuff to that. So, so I will. Di- I'm going to be digging into that now, Mark. You that I know about the fan theories. Yeah, fan theories. Yeah. Today was the. I'm. I'm going to have to go ahead and give it a follow. Today was the first day I actually stumbled into it. Yeah, I followed it as we. Were you talking. know, because I I googled best movie f- fan theories and the articles that I was reading that were posting these stories. I'd click on the the link to the story, and it would just take me to Reddit. Reddit fan theories. Ooh. And so I was like, why am I searching the web for when I can just get it straight from this guy? I used to go I used to go on Reddit so much for things and I had like followed a bunch of you know things I was interested in and then I just stopped reading Reddit. I don't know why. Well something to toxic true. happened, I'm sure. Like I Yeah, like, sure. I mean there's by- it, it is a internet uh forum, a social board. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, all, all of the worst parts of the internet and the most beautiful parts of the internet show up there. Yep. But internet's uh, search feature is dog shit. So if you're trying, if you saw something on Reddit one time and you're like, oh, I'm, what was that thing I saw? And you try to search it again within the app, good luck. Like, it, But if you go to Google and you search like dog farts and cat runs away slash Reddit, then it'll pop up right away. It's weird. Dan, you got another theory? I, I certainly do. Uh, this is one that is too easy to poke holes in. I, I think the yeah. timeline doesn't quite match up, yet it's still a fun one to think about. Uh, and that this is the one where uh, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone uh, when he, you know, set up all those elaborate traps for the wet bandits and, you know, severely injured them that in, in watching those guys get really like horribly disfigured and injured, it kind of made something snap in Kevin McAllister's head. And so he grew up to be Jigsaw from the Saw movies. <laughs> I've, I've seen this. I've seen this. That's fun. I like that. Right? Because, I mean, it's all the same shit. Like, Jigsaw has all these crazy contraptions. fucking Yeah. Kill people. And that was Kevin's specialty. And, you know, the thing is, watch these people get injured. His family forgets him every other fucking year. So you could see how he could go a little crazy. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first Saw movie came out way too early, so it doesn't quite match up timeline-wise. But... But, you know, in my mind, it still works. I think Kevin is Jigsaw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is timeline? It's, like? ca- it's canon. Yeah. Right. Like, literally, chronologically? Nah, you don't have to worry about that. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. I like that yeah. one. That's a funny one. So. Um, I've got a couple more and yeah. uh there was another one. Each of these are uh take it as you will. You know, it's 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 not like that that Vincent Vega one that you threw out last week, I think that's been like the most solid. Like once you hear it, you're like you can't unsee it. Right. That, that thing Everything is tracks. in your face. That even if Tarantino didn't confirm it, that, there's no way that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You can't even poke holes in that one anymore. No, yeah. exactly. So these ones, um, these other two that I've got, it's it's kind of more of an opinion, I guess. And there's mm-hmm. you could find some example or some reasons to poke holes in it uh i'll give you one now and then when you circle back i'll give you the last but uh in the dark night the joker is the hero of gotham city and it's because of his master plan that involves taking down organized crime it's a violent plan killing and ousting the corrupt politicians and police and then banishing the vigilante superhero that's been running through the city for the past however many years and he goes about it in a fucked up way but Mm. in the end with the boat scene he ultimately proves that the people of gotham are good and they will work together and not kill each other so it's uh, a very far-reaching and, like I said, an opinionated theory. But it does kind of track, though. Like, you right. know, he does get rid of all the organized crime and, you know, he is trying to make things even. I don't know. It kind of tracks. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's more of an opinion, I think, than it is a theory like because you could look at it you could look at it one way or the other right he's obviously a villain um and he's murdering loads of people blows up the hospital but the hospital you know was evacuated right um in this argument before this theory he didn't mean to maim harvey dent but he did mean to make him a martyr like he because he didn't want to be the martyr and he didn't want to make Batman the martyr. He wanted the good lawyer that was trying to fight the good fight to be the martyr and bring the mm-hmm. people up. So, yeah. And Batman went and saved Harvey Dent instead of his girlfriend. And he fucked so. it all up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, when you think about it, it's kind of fucked up. Why, why wouldn't he go after Rachel? What a dick. Well, he, you know, in the movie, he gave him the wrong address. Oh, yeah. yeah that too. So more of an opinion, but kind of a a, a fun thought experiment, I guess. Yeah, I not a bad way. one. You could tack it on to that one we talked about, uh, God, a few months ago now. The one where uh, the narrator from Fight Club is actually the Joker. Oh, right. <laughs> and he went to, like, he has the scars on his cheek from when he shot himself with the gun in mm-hmm. the mouth and uh, that whole thing. And yeah. if you think about it, that was his whole plan back then was to bring everyone back to zero so everyone starts at the same place. So Yeah, his his motive in hmm. Fight Club is a very much a Joker type plot. 
right? So, yeah, the, those two work well together. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a How about one. you, AJ? Uh, what else you got for us? Well, thanks to Reddit, Marky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys fans of the Austin Powers franchise? Mm-hmm. Yes, Am I? I just found I this. Do, I fucking love Austin Are you Powers, pulling these out just way. now? I have ones on on a on a website, but I thought this one was the the best of the bunch of a. There's the Titanic time traveler one too. That yeah, one. Uh, that one is. Very it's calm. either bad writing or he's a time traveler. It's most likely bad. I writing. haven't heard that one. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to hear that at some point. I will go yeah. over that after. I want to hear Asian. Well, that's fine. If you like Austin Powers, which I do. And um, you guys do right. Yes. So the Reddit, the Reddit like uh, headline says, you know, Basil from British Intelligence. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had British Intelligence build the Vanessa Kensington Fembot as a way of controlling Austin Powers. Because if you think about it, remember the end of the beginning of Austin Powers too. They're on their mm-hmm. honeymoon, and it yes. turns out. It turns out she's a fembot, and uh-huh. then and then when when they're like when he tells Basil, Basil's like, "Yeah, sadly, we knew all along." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole idea of that is like, yeah, they knew all along because they created it so that Just they to could control like you. to control him and to like love make, it. make him realize that like he should be monogamous. And mm-hmm. that way he'd be more focused on the mission and he wouldn't be so like sex hungry like he was when he came out of like cryo mm-hmm. freeze or whatever. <laughs> but it up. totally tracks, right? That, that it totally up. tracks because Basil's like, sadly, we knew all along. Right. That totally makes sense. I like <laughs> it. That's a good one. <laughs> and, and Austin gives him that Austin gives him that look like, what? <laughs> I, I really like that one because I, it, love it. I I think ultimately that's just like almost lazy writing on the creator's standpoint, yeah, but the fans went ahead and filled in the blanks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's almost like it's too perfectly set up. Like it has to, it had to have been, it had to have been like, not pre-med- lazy, not premeditated. <laughs> you think so? Because in my mind, it's just, no, 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 in- not by the writing. I'm just saying like the fan theory makes right. it so was premeditated but right. it makes perfect sense that it was right because yes. basil says yeah sadly we knew all along <laughs> yeah at the they t- knew she was a fembot but they still put the put her with them <laughs> i mean shit maybe it was deeper than that that's good oh, yeah super funny super funny um i, like I love austin powers like i'm I'm a total Austin Powers fan. Like I, I love all three movies. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone that like, oh, three was a no. I love them all. I yeah. love them all. Oh, great. They all go together. They're all like one big gigantic movie to me. I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, in in my line of work, I end up quoting, not quoting, but referencing Austin Powers somewhat regularly <laughs> because, uh, you know, I with what I do, I end up having a, a lot of 53 foot like semi truck trailers having to pull in and mm-hmm. they end and I tell them like all right man you're gonna have to go ahead and pull up Austin Powers 30 point turn here like there's there's, <laughs> no, there's no way you can get into this building yeah baby and then they they if they're you know if they've seen the movie they understand like okay and then this you know back and forth 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 so that's one on Reddit which I, I like thought that. was hilarious 
super hilarious. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's it, with the comedies that are the, they're fun, especially with like a series of comedies, you know, mm. sequels and stuff. Like it, it's fun because they carried they carried the Kensington over to the second movie, to the beginning of the mm-hmm. yeah. and then like immediately the dropped beginning. it. Yeah, and they dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, so, super funny, Mike Myers. I love you. <laughs> I, I've got one here where, like, the evidence is there; it tracks, it makes sense. But you think, like, that can't really be. But then, then again, maybe it is. When you think about uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right? Every time one of the kids like fucking dies off or falls in or, you know, something bad happens to the kids, they'll take a transport to the next area. And every time they get on one of those transports, there is just enough seats for all the people that are left. There's Mm -hmm. no empty seats ever. Interesting. Which leads to the theory that Willy Wonka was intentionally killing these fucking people like he knew they were gonna die or at least you know get get fall into the chocolate river get sucked into the television like all these things that happened to all these kids willy wonka knew it was going to happen wanted it to happen and you know intentionally fucking saw to it now he's kind of a mass murderer is this particularly the Gene Wilder? Willy Wonka? Yeah. Seri- yeah. Serial killer, really, right? Yes. Yeah, he's a serial killer. Yeah. He is intentionally killing all these kids. I've never seen like the... Said, um... Every time you watch it, it like like I said, there's just enough seats for everyone that's left. There's never ever extra seats. But this, seats. Is, this is Gene Wilder, right? Have you seen the Johnny mm-hmm. Depp one? Is it the same Johnny Depp? No, the, the Johnny that. Depp one's quite different, but... And I don't remember it that well. Probably. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I've seen Gene Wilder like one a dozen times. Yeah. yeah and you yeah. think about it, right? Every time the like the Oompa Loompas have like a fucking song ready to go and a dance, it, the choreography's on oh, point. They they all the lyrics <laughs> are on point. They knew these Oompa, kids were gonna do it. Oompa, yep. I've got another puzzle for you. you. Yes. So, like, he knew these kids were all going to get fucking killed or at least injured, and he wanted it to happen, and that's why the Oompa Loompas were trained, and why, you know, it, it worked out the way it did as they went through. By the time Charlie was left, there was only room in the glass elevator for two people, so. Oh, right. shit. Right? That so, helps yeah. a lot of Both busy lifting drinks. <laughs> you get You get Nothing. nothing. Good day, sir. You lose. There was a uh, DP. There, there was a lot you of Harry. Nothing. You lose. Good day, good day sir. sir. Damn, Gene Wilder is so good. <laughs> that is such a great performance. There was a. Uh, there was an equal amount of Harry Potter and Willy Wonka fan theories on mm-hmm. that subreddit. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's so widely loved, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Marky, you got yeah, another got, one for I've, us? I've got, I've got one more, and right. I really like this mm. one. Um, again, it's more of an opinion, but uh, I feel like it holds quite a bit of weight. And it's I, I 
feel like I'm saying it with a little bit of a heavy heart here, but the movie Wally, mm-hmm. Wally is not the Messiah type character that we remember and how he was portrayed. Mm-hmm. He is a satanic character. Hmm. He, he is the one that tempted Eve quite literally with a plant that ended up leaving leading the humans to their demise they the Mm. humans were living in a paradise they had all their wants and needs they were fed there was no war or politics Mm -hmm. and then wally brings this plant to a character named eve that Mm. then starts a spiral that ultimately leads the humans back to a place where they have to toil the earth and work for their food again. And in that aspect, he's that not. That is a good one. Holy isn't shit. it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, because it's, it also brings up that whole question of like, what is better? Is, you know, is it better to have more options and live your life on the earth versus just laying in a chair and having everything brought to you all the time like they did on the spaceship right like it yeah it brings up all these interesting questions and but yeah he did tempt her and that is what set off everything in motion yeah and then within that fan theory it goes on to speculate after the film is done these people are back Mm -hmm. on earth they are now working for their food they're now having to gather resources that will ultimately lead to someone having more than someone else mm-hmm. that will ultimately lead to classism warfare and politics and it will just start the cycle of the shit exactly. all over again wow fuck i like that one that's a good one yeah it's pretty deep yeah huh. like and more it. of more more of an opinion than it is a theory but it's uh, a, a a fun way of looking at such a you know childlike heartfelt movie yeah wow uh, that, i damn trucking deep we're gonna talk about that all night but yeah uh, but, uh, so uh, is wally good or bad I mean, because I—I I mean, we could talk all night about that. Let's not get too. That's that. That AJ ends up opening us. up a whole can of fucking worms on that, right? Yeah, AJ, save us. Give us another movie fan theory. I got one more. It's not going to make you happy, though. <laughs> Is it worse than Wally being Satan? Well, it's right? Pixar. It's, it's, it's Pixar. Have you guys heard this Finding Nemo fan theory? I don't think so. I don't think so. so yeah. It's my, it's unabashedly my favorite Pixar movie is Finding Nemo. It's a great so, one, man. Oh, the, so good. The, film, the film's opening scene, Marlon wakes up from a barracuda attack on his family to find that only one of his eggs, which turns out to be Nemo, survived. Mm-hmm. But it's a theory that suggests that the grieving father only imagined that one son survived which means that Nemo actually isn't real, but it's only a figment of Marlon's imagination conjured up to cope with the loss of like the rest of his family. Uh, following, uh. The, following the theory, though, the entire movie is an allegory of a father's journey through the five stages of grief. And mm-hmm. 
The kicker, Nemo, the name Nemo actually means nobody in Latin. Oh, wow. Hmm. So, what do, you guys think, what do you guys think about that? Like, is so, he actually chasing down his son, or is he just like, is this him going through? I mean, you, when you think about it, yeah, like he has to deal with the sharks and the jellyfish and the turtle. Like, he go, there are all these stages he goes through to get to where Nemo is. And then, yeah, once he finds Nemo, he's got acceptance. That fucking trash. That's a good one. Right? I'm gonna. I want to watch Finding Nemo now and, and see. And I'd, that I'd makes have sense. To, great movie. I'd have to great be movie. reminded of what the five stages of grief are and how they are in relation to because like you're, you're right. There, there are these uh, chunks in a movie of these episodes. Yeah. yeah. And how they are in relation to that because I'm I'm following you here, but I can't remember off the top of my head what the. Uh, the five stages are but i'm i'm with you and i'm i'm starting to see it so uh the five kind of sad though for like a yeah. movie I, I i i frequently laughed at when i was watching <laughs> and which i love like i love for all so what, other heartfelt reasons you know? what, what is it here dp yeah so the the five stages of grief are denial anger Bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Okay. So, I, like, it just off the top of my hand, thinking about it, yeah, he does, you know, like, he definitely goes through the denial and the, the depression and the anger. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to the watch sadness it. Sadness at the end but... when he's almost accepting, like, uh, or uh, the final one being acceptance, but mm -hmm. the sadness at the end just before the final act right of him thinking that all was lost yeah uh as and the character Nemo pops up out of the thing it, it totally tracks that's a in good a, in one a, the, and it's fucking deep as shit too now i i can yeah, have to go watch right? and walk, go back the emotion, and watch the emotion. pixar damn it pixar right the emotions match um mm -hmm. yeah with the the little the literal description the emotions match with those stages yeah uh, it's been a while since i've seen the movie so maybe not in that order or maybe it uh, is it's a, it's a it's a it's a heck of a movie mm -hmm. um, i don't know um now it makes me like next time i watch this which i will probably soon it's gonna make me look at it in such a different way and which I think is why we watch movies anyway, right? Like we want to we feel something, and we want to yeah, yeah, we want to read into it. That's just our natural instinct. And know? and maybe maybe like a movie yeah. like Finding Nemo on a subliminal scale. Maybe that's why it struck such a chord with so many mm -hmm. people, adults more than mm -hmm. you know. Obviously, it's a uh, kids movie. Right, the and, general like father trying to find his son thing, like I think was originally what drew me to watch the movie, but like, and, and what I loved about it was some of the. But on a like a a philosophical 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 here, yeah, grain brain. We're getting we're getting late. Philo philosophical, uh, you know, mm. subliminal philosophical scale. 
mm-hmm. it, I think you're right. Like it, it strikes something there that's uh, it, that that one I think might hold just as much water, no pun intended, as uh, yeah. the Vincent Vega thing there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. That's also there's very those dark. scenes when. Uh, Nemo's dad is like finding all those people and then sticking him up his ass, and they're living up his. <laughs> a- oh no, wait, that's a different movie. You're, you're getting, <laughs> you're you're getting the the equally impressive film, but boy, confused with Finding Nemo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, very similar. I can see story, how though. I can confuse. Them, the, yeah. They're pretty much on the same level. Right? <laughs> um, but I think that fan theory that you've got, AJ, uh, that would disregard the Finding Nemo too, right? That would yeah yeah oh, finding, no, finding yeah. Dory whatever it's called because mm-hmm. oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're in it yeah they're in it so or maybe not it's been a while you know in looking yeah, at that again in a second it. light it definitely debunks it but mm. uh, possibly not if you look at it again in that light maybe not yeah. yeah yeah I'm gonna have to go back and watch it we'll get back to you on that freaking love that movie though we gotta that, find that wouldn't somebody. be a bad thing maybe doing a whole Pixar week. Because goddamn oh. Pixar's got some brilliant films, dude. They nine times out of ten, they knock it out of the park. Yeah, they really do. So yeah, yeah that's something we can talk about. Definitely. So you got any more uh, fan theories there, DP? Uh not. I mean, there's the the few that float out there that are are a bit silly, like um like the movie Grease. Uh, is Sandra is dead, and that whole scene at the end when the car is floating in the air it's because she's going to heaven but right because mem- remember, remember, the, yeah. remember, the, remember the song like he's like yeah uh, he saved her from drowning summer loving yeah yeah summer loving she nearly drowned that old thing he shut off splashing around yeah oh yeah never seen grace you that's son of a bitch that. really never. it's on it's on netflix i don't want to watch it, it. It's amazing. Why would I want to watch it? All right. Um, because it's great. Anyway, why would I want to watch it when I have access to Butt Boy? <laughs> yeah. Make a valid point. So, yeah. <laughs> I know about valid, but you make a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. tell me about this uh, Titanic time travel theory. Oh, yeah. That's oh, all. Well, yeah. So, so there's a bunch of scenes where like Jack mentions stuff like a. Uh, uh, the some roller coaster at the pier, but that roller coaster didn't actually get built till three years after the Titanic. Right. Some some lake he mentions a lake. Yeah, that didn't exist then either. He used exist. to go fishing there, and, and like his backpack is like not of that era or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as you see, he's not actually on the list of people that should be on the ship you know he's kind of a stowaway right so like the theory is he was a time traveler that went back to make sure the right uh, or james or the james titanic Cameron. sank because if she jumped at the beginning when she's about to jump off had she jumped off the boat would have stopped to find her and then never hit the uh iceberg so he went there to make sure she didn't jump, so the boat still hit the iceberg. So, what, what would be the? I haven't seen Titanic either. What would be the purpose? Wow, really? <laughs> Again, Butt Boy is available on Tubi and Amazon <laughs> Prime for free. Um, 
but what would be the point of making sure that everyone dies in the sinking of the uh, Titanic? To make sure the not timeline. fucking up the timeline, man. Yeah, okay. Make sure, sure the Fuck. timeline goes as it's supposed to. Right. All right. Yeah. Didn't you watch Loki? They gotta, you know, they gotta. They have the timeline. Man. They gotta keep it Don't you understand? properly. Don't you understand the concept of time travel? I would be an <laughs> awful time traveler. <laughs> Marky, have you ever watched? Have you ever watched Doctor Who? Uh, I. Admittedly, have not so seen they Doctor don't, Who. Then you don't understand time travel. Your wife you should, can, especially your the wife, first. Your wife can explain it to you, for crying out loud. Yeah, she's a huge fan. Yeah, the the I first she is. five or six at least seasons of Doctor Who are fucking amazing. You should definitely watch it. I've I've popped into a couple episodes before when she's been watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, Pay attention next time. All right. It's great. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Son of a bitch. Any hoosiers. Let's, let's wrap this up. We're, we're, we're getting late. We're running close to two hours already at this Jesus. point. We, we talked about a lot tonight. So um, let, let's wrap it up. Any any final thoughts before we go? Yeah. Any other last movie, quick movie theories you want to throw out there? Not theories, but like we've only gone two hours because DP, because you took too much time shitting on Butt Boy. <laughs> this is true. I, I did take my time shitting on it. And I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> shitting on the butt. I, I do I do want to give a uh, shout out to all the Reddit users that I ripped off the notes for Ditto. The Rock, mm. The Dark Knight, Wally, and James Bond. I, I pulled all your ideas uh, today. From your Reddit posts, ditto. Um, leave a leave leave a rating and a review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And make sure it's five stars. <laughs> so, yeah, if we use your fan theory, fucking hit us up. Give us a review wherever you're That's looking. Right. Yeah, five Rate, stars. Review. Maybe. Make sure you're subscribed, and then That's hit us right, up. You know, send us an email, baby. It's uh, moviecouncilpod at gmail dot com. <laughs> Uh, social media at Movie Council Pod. You can find us there. Hit us up. Uh, and, and that being that, boys, you ready to say goodnight? Yes. Yeah. All right. So for, for Marky and for AJ and for me, we say goodnight. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Good night, baby. Night, night. The Movie Council is adjourned.